You're listening to Average Joe Sports Talk Podcast with your boy e Yo, what is up, everybody? Your boy E-Man from the Average Joe Sports Talk Podcast coming at you with another episode. Hey, man, here we are, week two, bringing you the recap, takeaways, and biggest storylines from the NFL week two, baby. So let's get it. Let's start this off with the uh, Thursday night game, man. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs against the Chargers and Justin Herbert. And again, I'm telling you, man, Patrick Mahomes is just a complete, he's built different. He is the top quarterback in the NFL. And then you got the rest of uh, the league. And let me tell you something, Justin Herbert is not that much far apart. If you tell me a quarterback that's probably the closest to Patrick Mahomes' status of dominance, I think it's uh, Justin Herbert. Herbert still doesn't have the wins or the success in the playoffs or even the regular season. Statistically, Justin Herbert is the closest one to Patrick Mahomes. He has all the attributes, has the career numbers, touchdowns, yards. And this was a great game. I mean, there's a couple of things. Again, what this game proved is, again, Patrick Mahomes uh, has done it again. Uh, not Didn't have a, as a good of a first game. He had two touchdowns and not turned the ball over, which is pretty great. Uh, there was a couple of close calls that they could have gone the other way. The Chiefs took the, the win, 27-24. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes had a decent game, a nice quarterback rating, uh, 24 to 35, two touchdowns. Uh, you know, Clyde Hilaire had another solid game, all-purpose yards with you know, I'm sorry, 74 rushing yards and eight carries. Uh, let the uh, the team in carries, which is you know, unlike the week one. But then he also did it again in the air with four receiving yards and I mean four receptions and 44 receiving yards, which is this is what he does. You know what I mean? He led the team in all-purpose yards. Uh, again, he's becoming that kind of weapon for him, for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, overall. It was, it was a very slow game. I mean, I know that uh, the Chargers had this, and then, you know, Justin Herbert had a monster game. Except for that one pick, it was a pick six, which, again, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, Gerald Everett was gassed, and he went ahead and completely ran the route the wrong way. Things got crossed, and that was, that was, all, on, that was all on Gerald Everett. I don't, you know, Justin Herbert proved something else to me. He is as close to, to Patrick Mahomes as any other quarterback in the league. He's also a tough motherfucker, man. I mean, the dude got his ribs busted and still came back in the game and threw a touchdown to Palmer, man, that, that got the game closed 27 to 24. I mean, Justin Herbert's overall numbers were 334 yards. You know, he had three touchdowns and that one pick. Uh, he did what he needed to do to win. Uh, that one pick, again, I don't give it to Mike Williams was awesome. Uh, 113 yards and one touchdown in the absence of, um, of um, Keenan Allen. But overall, look, it's Patrick Mahone and the rest of the league, but Justin Herbert is the closest. I don't care what you have to say about that. It is what it is. People are busting Justin Herbert's chops for having that one pick. But at the end of the day, man, there's nobody closer in my book to Patrick Mahomes, who is the GOAT, who is the next up, right? After Brady retires, like I keep saying, Patrick Mahomes is different. He just does things that no quarterback has ever done. And he's going to do, he's probably going to break most of Brady's records, depending on how far he plays, how long he plays. But Justin Herbert right now is that guy that's right there and hopefully should give Patrick Mahomes a run for his money. But again, the Chiefs are 2-0. Chargers are 1-1. Great game. Uh, Justin Herbert might be out for a week or so uh, with some bruised ribs. But let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. This kid's tough, man. He stayed in there. He stayed in there and took lickings. I thought, you know, I am the coach. I'm looking at this game. And after and after that one play in the fourth quarter when he ran for it, and usually he could take that for the first down. He actually couldn't even make it, man. He threw the ball away because he needed the play to stop. And then comes back and throws that dime to Palmer to right down the middle to freaking tie the game as busted up as he was. It shows me a lot of toughness, man. And that's 
leadership. The kid did not want to get out the game. He wanted her to leave his team to a, a possible win. It didn't happen, but guess what? Good signs for the for the Chargers. And now to I think the game of the weekend right now, boys and girls. It was the Baltimore Ravens, all right, against the Miami Dolphins. The Ravens started out like a house of fire, bro. Lamar Jackson is built different. There's no doubt of freaking about it, okay? And they started off with a return, a kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, you know their defense actually plays really well. I know Lamar hasn't had much success because Miami has really played him tough, but Lamar came to prove something. And, you know, Lamar is proving something so far because it's a free agent year. And this year, he's about to, you know, have that kind of shades back to the to the MVP season because, you know, he wants to get paid. And, of course, he is betting on himself. But he he needed to prove this against Miami, and he did. He did, regardless of the outcome of the game, which was 42-38, to 38, by the way. And it was a huge, huge comeback by Miami because, look, Lamar had one of those games, dude. Listen, look, if you tell me that Lamar had, at the beginning of this game, if you tell me before the outcome of the game, Lamar was going to throw over 318 yards, 21 for 29, three touchdowns, was also going to rush for 119 yards and another touchdown. Okay, you would you would think, yeah, they, they definitely spanked Miami. They definitely spanked Miami. I mean, Lamar Jackson in this game passed Michael Vick for the most 100 rushing yard games by a quarterback, which is 11, okay? Another great thing about this game is that for two games in a row, it is nice to see that Lamar Jackson has found his, his wide receiver one. All right, and that wide receiver one is Rashad Bateman. He's had over 100 you know, another couple of another two big touchdowns he had. He's had two big receptions. He had four receptions and 108 yards and a touchdown. But he's also made some great catches. He's a guy that can work in space, but also make that catch over the top. All right, Mark Andrews, solid again. Nine receptions, 104 yards. I mean, he's he has now a solid core of wide receivers that can make it happen. Rashad Bateman is that guy. Is that big body that can make Lamar better. But again. Everything is pointing. They were destroying the, the Miami Dolphins, okay? I mean, Miami was down. I think Miami was down by like 21 points, man, starting in the fourth quarter. And let me tell you something, dude. The Mike McDaniels era has started with a Mac, with a with a Sean McVay video game type of play calling and running. Madden style, all right? Video game, play, play style and calling. And that's why they got this guy. And that's why they put the pieces around him like, Tyreek Hill and Edmonds and everybody else because they knew that they they could run this kind of offense with this kid. I mean, he's the new wizard. He's a new kid wizard, man. All right. And this again, if you told me that Lamar Jackson was gonna have was gonna throw, throw for three over three hundred yards, have three passing touchdowns and one on the ground and rush for hundred yards, and they would have lost, I would have said you you smoking crack, yo, and, and passed that because that habit is not good. The reason why I would have say that. Because then if you would have told me that Tua Tonga Bailoa had probably the best game as a pro and one of the best games in a Dolphins quarterback history dating back to Dan Marino, who went 36 for 50, 124 quarterback rating, six touchdowns, had two picks and threw for 469 yards. Insane. There's a reason why they got Tariq Hill. And Tariq Hill, after a a so-so game one, (laughs) man, Tariq Hill had a Patrick Mahomes like he was throwing to him type of game. All right, Tariq had 11 receptions, 190, 190 yards receiving. Oh, my gosh, two touchdowns. Waddle, which we knew these two guys are going to line up across each other. It was going to be difficult to guard. Jalen Waddle had another 11 receptions, 171 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. It was insane. And for good measure, Gusecki had another 41 with four receptions and a touchdown. They were down by 21 points going into the fourth quarter. And, man, they went on fire. Tua just went on fire. They had 28 freaking points. 
in the fourth quarter to take the lead. It was insane. Miami, man, Miami has did something that I haven't seen done in, in many years. I think that Tua Tagovailoa, this game against Baltimore, this win, finally, I guess, cements that he is the dude. He is the man for the Dolphins. I guess Flores must have been wrong. I know, I know. Look, it's, it's the beginning of the year. He had a decent showing last week too, man. I mean, what he had a couple of touchdowns last week, also. I mean, the dude, the dude already has has had a good start to the season. Uh, he threw for what one touchdown last week. He didn't turn the ball over. I mean, but six touchdowns this week. I know it's crazy, but Tua is not that dude. Remember what I said at the beginning of the year. He is one of the quarterbacks that has the most to prove. And guess what? After two games, he is, has proven himself. Shout out to Lamar Jackson, who is the GOAT, who's probably having, he's he's running for MVP so far. And, um, but man, Tua actually outplayed him. The only reason why I'm going to bring, bring the Giants game up today, the Giants versus the Carolina Panthers today, is because I'm a Giants fan. Y'all know that. But look, I... The Giants' offense has looked really, really bad the last couple of weeks, man. I mean, you know, last week we won. It was a great comeback win. It was all Saquon Barkley. Today, watching paint dry was probably better than watching this giant offense. They still put the dub, which it's great. They still put the W. Uh, Danny, Danny Dimes, which Danny Penny's in my book. I mean, 176 passing yards, 5.2 yards per completion, one touchdown. It's not great. I mean, Saquon did not have the Saquon game of last week, but he did have a total of 21 carries, 72 yards. It's good to see the volume from Saquon and the fact that he's still running hard. Wasn't a great game, but that's still positive. That's the positive I'm giving out of this game, right? Saquon is still healthy. He's still running sharp. Danny Dimes didn't turn the ball over, which is great. And the Giants' defense played play dope, man. They played good. I mean, the defense is, is one thing that we know it's it's drastically improved. Hey, Brian Dable is still, still making this team win. And this is the first time. Look, you got to take it because I don't know how long this is going to last. The, the Giants won the first two games of the year in ugly fashion. They probably could have been 0-2. But you know what? In the past, man, they've, they've lost close games and they've been the other way around. Take the good with the good. Take the bad with the bad. Not a lot of positive to take out except for the defense and the fact that Saquon is still healthy and is running still hard. And Danny Dimes didn't, Pat didn't turn over the ball. That's pretty much, let's take the, those are my takes from that game. I don't want to spend too much time on this game. Baker Mayfield, another had another sorry game, 145 yards, one touchdown. He actually was worse than Daniel Dimes, all right, than, than Daniel Jones. Christian McCaffrey, you know what? Second game back of the season after injury, 102 rushing yards, 26 uh, also uh, via the air. Uh, it's a good sign for them. DJ Moore did not have a great game, but he did have a, a touchdown, uh, which was the only positive of the game. It was a really ugly game. Again, I think you wanted her to watch paint drive and watch the Carolina versus the Giants. But the Giants are 2-0, and I got to have that honorable mention. It is what it is, man. Your boy's a Giants fan. All right, boys and girls, let's stick to the comebacks of the day because we had another, another insane, memorable comeback today, unexpectedly, just like the Dolphins, based on how this game started. And uh, listen, the freaking Jets score two scoring the last two touchdowns in the last two minutes to defeat the Browns. Insane, all right? The Jets score two last-minute TDs, all right? It was like, I don't know how many, I think it's a minute and a half remaining to beat the Browns who had this game under control, all right? To come back. They pulled off the miracle, man. And, and look, Flacco is like turning the clock back regardless of the loss last week. I think Flacco has thrown back-to-back 300-yard -back games, all right? 300-yard games. 
this young core of the Giants, man, I mean, I'm sorry, of the Jets, I apologize, of the Jets, look solid. I, I mean, Brees Hall, you know, seven carries, 50, 50 yards. Um, today, he also had himself a catch for a touchdown. Uh, and, and then look at the young wide receivers, man. All right, Gary Wilson, two touchdowns today. That was a rookie that they drafted this year and eight receptions. Solid. I mean, Elijah Moore didn't get a lot of burn, but they they have some good mixes. They have some good misses. And look, they, they came. That was crazy. They, they, they scored two touchdowns with very little remaining in the fourth quarter to beat the Browns, who honestly had this game under control. Three touchdowns by Nick Chubb. All right. 80, they had a, a total of like 184 rushing yards for the um, for the Browns. And they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. I mean, look, over, surprisingly enough, Amari Cooper had 101 receiving yards with nine receptions and that one touchdown. They had total control of this game. Total freaking control of this game. Until the Jets just pulled off the miracle. A great job by the Jets. I mean, they are... Look, Salas has his team playing. And we knew that last year. And the fact that they're one and one, and last year they and last week they competed a little bit with Flacco at the helm, who, you know, the last time Flacco was relevant was, you know, when he was with Baltimore and he actually won a Super Bowl, I think, as a, as a second year player. That's it. But he's looked apart. 26 out of 44, you know, 307 yards, and he had four touchdowns and no picks. I mean, Flacco is turning back the clock, baby. And you know what? They got to do this until something pops up. Until, you know, their quarterback comes back, Zach Wilson. It is what it is. But it's nice to see the Jets, lottery picks, who they've earned from losing so much and also drafted well in the last couple of years, start to pay up. That young core group, man, looks promising. And so does the Jets' future. Um, Robert Sala was pissed off about last week because, you know, it's New York, man. And, and, and they're going to crucify you in the news. But he said he took down a um, a list, took down names of everybody that trashed them and spoke, you know, spoke bad about them without giving them any credit. And he has a checklist and he's going to check that list off week by week. And guess what? He probably checked a couple of names off after this insane win, comeback win with like two or three minutes, like a minute and a half or two minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. All right. To beat the Browns. I am not going to spend that much time on the New England Patriots versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. At this point, it's not a matter of, it's not a matter of if, or it's a matter of when Kenny Pickett's going to get the nod. Trubisky did not look great again. Second consecutive game. Had another pick and a touchdown. 168 yards uh, over the air. And even though they they lost, uh, Mac Jones just outplayed him a little bit. It was that defense from New England that, you know, kind of turned the ball ball over. They they had a great running game. They outrushed them. It it was another boring game that, trust me, dude, I, I rather, I rather... Again, watch paint dry, then then watch this entire day. So I'm so glad for uh, Red Zone uh, channel because you get just to watch the scores. This game wasn't interesting at all. But the, the whole point of this game here, it's going to be the fact that, look, Najee Harris has not played great in the first couple. I know he's been playing hurt. 49 yards, uh, 15 carries. Uh, this offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers looks completely off. It's like nobody's really following Mitchell Trubisky. I think it's time for the new blood. Maybe after game three, get Kenny Pickett in here get something moving. I mean, they have, the, the, the Steelers have way too much talent with Deontay Johnson, Claypool, uh, George Pickens, which I think George Pickens is going to have a little better chemistry with with uh, Kenny Pickett, you know, the Pickens to Pickett connection. They have a lot of talent uh, in order for them to just only score 14 points and not being able to move the ball around. That's the problem. Uh, forget about the, the New England Patriots, man. It's it's Bill Belichick. We're going to run the crap out of the ball. I think Damian Harris went out hurt. I'm not sure what the news are. 
But look, it's like wide receiver by committee. Today was Nelson Aguilar who put a, who pulled a, a catch out of his ass. You know what I'm saying? And Jacoby Myers had 95 receiving yards, but that's it. That's what you got there. We know Mac Jones. I think if he had the weapons, he's a Jimmy Garoppolo kind of player. It's pretty much what he's going to do. He's going to control the game, even though he threw a pick today. He's a, he's a game manager. But again, it's it, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the storyline of this game is that they, they need to make a huge change. And I think Mitchell Trubisky's time is running out. And it's, can he pick a time? The Jacksonville Jaguars, man, pulled off a impressive win over the Indianapolis Colts today. They shut them out, man. 24-0. That defense came to play. They shut down Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they shut down. We knew that, you know, uh, Pittman was not, was hurt, was not playing. They were going to play shorthanded, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I mean, you had Jonathan Taylor. I mean, and again, they completely boggled up Mott Ryan, who hasn't looked great as a Colts, pretty much as a Colts uh, quarterback, and he's played very wince-like, okay? Uh, they're right now 0-1-1, uh, because remember, there was a tie. They had to come back last week for the tie, but 24 to zip. Let's give credit where credit is due. The defense came to play. Trevor Lawrence, 25 for 30. Great quarterback rating. Two touchdowns. All right. James Robinson, 23 uh, carries. He's getting the bulk of the carries right now over at Travis ATM, but I think that's going to change. A touchdown. Again, for the second consecutive week, he has three touchdowns in the year. Christian Kirk, six receptions, 78 yards, two touchdowns. That was a big acquisition, free agent acquisition, who they paid a lot for. Evan Ingram, we knew he was going to have some positive outputs here. Seven receptions, 46 yards. Look, they have young offensive weapons, and if Trevor Lawrence can keep it together and not turn the ball over, guess what? This team is going to win some games, which they shocked the Indianapolis Colts. I'm not too shocked because they're playing shorthanded, but they made them look like uh, a complete... They, they, actually, they made them look like the Jaguars were last year when they couldn't beat anybody, all right? That's pretty much it. I picked the Indianapolis defense in my DFS lineups today, man, and I completely backfired. But anyway... The Jacks played some really good ball. Trevor Lawrence, I think it's coming along, man. Look, Trevor Lawrence last week. Uh, so far, if we look at the game breakdown here, man, so far, he ha he's had a good season. I mean, last week he had touchdown on INT, threw for 275, 24 for 42. Wasn't great. His quarterback rating was way lower today. This week was better because he only, he was more efficient. So, so far, what? Three touchdowns and a... And a pick, you know what? It's not going to blow you out the page, those stats. But guess what? It's better than it was last year. And they are one and one. All right. It is what it is. <laughs> Moving on to another game that was like kind of put me out of my misery type of game. Was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the New Orleans Saints. Tampa Bay is 2-0. But can I tell you, not because they're that good. They look so mediocre. Tom Brady has not played a Tom Brady-like start. We know he starts out slow, but he's actually looked slow and old. He's never been fast, but he's looked a step slower. And his decision-making and his throws, they're not crisp. Today, man, he went 18 for 34. Another bad quarterback rating week. Had a touchdown. Leonard Fournette, you know, had a decent game. 25, 24 carry, 65 uh, rushing yards. and uh, But that's it. it. There was no offense whatsoever. Neither, neither team. They, they won this game because their defense played better than New Orleans' defense. And both defense played really, really great. They turned it up in the in the fourth quarter. And I think Mike Evans' ejection of him fighting, it was a bigger gain for the Buccaneers than a loss because uh, Marshawn Lattimore left with him. And that's in the fourth quarter when Tampa Bay put up 17 points and kind of got away from them, kind of took the lead 
uh, and got away from the game. Uh, again, look, Jameis, famous Jameis came back through 36, had three picks. This is what Jameis has done. He's going to he's gonna be up and down. Last week, he played like a stud, you know, control the game. This week, he played like a dud. That's what Jameis does, man. He goes, well, he goes from a crabby performance week after week. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Tom Brady is not playing great, and he is definitely looking his age. For for once, Tom Brady is finally looking his age. There are some holes in this team. Um, I mean, uh, Evans was getting locked down by Lattimore. There was a reason why there was so much fighting. Uh, but look, I'm not spending too much time on this game because it wasn't great. It was another, please, God, put me out of my misery and make it be over. Yo, listen, boys and girls, Mr. Dan Campbell, head coach of the Detroit Lions, has this team playing freaking angry. I'm not kidding. These guys are playing meathead style, bro. I'm going to pound you and I'm going to hit you just like like he said that we got to bust your kneecaps. That's the way these guys are playing. They played for the second consecutive week, man. They put up over 30 points. All right. This time they got the W over the commanders. But both sides of the ball, these guys were playing really, really freaking pissed off. Awesome. To me, one of the reasons why they were so dominant today. All right. Adrian freaking Hutchinson had himself a game. Three freaking sacks. This is the number one pick. There's a reason why they picked him for. That was the side in the offense. During in the defense, I'm sorry. Offensively, this kid, Amos St. Brown, brother, the sun god. Nine receptions, 116 yards, two touchdowns. Also had two carries for 68 yards rushing on the ground, baby. This guy is a legit freaking beast. DeAndre Swift, remember, he was uh, limited. Uh, he was limited today because he was um, he didn't practice pretty much all week. But with DeAndre Swift being limited, let me tell you something. The dude had five carries, 56 yards. I know 50 of them was a big run. But then what DeAndre Swift can do, he had two receptions with a touchdown for 31 yards. And this is in a limited fashion. They have a nice combination of DeAndre Swift, who can do it all. He's your, your third down back, can catch it, can run it. All right? It's hard to catch. And Jamal Williams, who's the, the, the guy that's going to give you a goal line stance and also gets you those tough yard, yardages. Um, but it was all Amon St. Brown, man. Two touchdowns, and uh, and he was a beast. But the defense was insane. Look, Jared Goff had a great game. His best game as a Lion. Four touchdowns and no picks. And he's the veteran quarterback that actually can put this team together and, you know, be responsible to take them into a deep run. But 36 to 27, Carson Wentz out of the, you know, started out really slow, but had another 337 yards, back-to-back 300 yards for his first two games as a commander. Uh, three touchdowns and a pick. And it was a close game. It was competitive. Uh, but the Lions were just tougher. They came to play. They came to play. They were leading most of the game. Detroit came out on the lead uh, from the get-go. It was uh, 22 to nothing. And then in the second half, you know, the commanders uh, put some points in the third quarter and the fourth. But at the end of the day, man, I like the way these guys are playing. I like the way the Lions are playing. I like the way these, the, the, his coaching staff. I mean, this is the first time I've seen a team from uh, Hard Knocks actually translate to some of the things that you saw they were like oh wow you know every year we hear the same thing but nothing happens but it's actually happened of what we saw in practice and in the in the in the actual um in the actual show so i think this team this team is playing freaking awesome it is what it is man watch out for the lions they are for real they're going to compete this year so last week after their that dismal loss against the bears and that monsoon they play in chicago trey lance thought that the best way to get over a loss Let's go make a rain, baby.
my man hit that strip club, baby, and he was out there getting from the girls. Here comes Sunday a week later. They're playing the Seahawks. Out goes Trey Lance with an injury. Apparently, it's a season-ending injury. And here comes Jimmy G. Trey Lance at that point, two for three, 30 yards. It was a design uh, run play that he got clipped in the knees and out. Here comes Jimmy, and they score. One thing I want to say about this, forget about the Seahawks. I know last week they pulled that win over uh, the Denver Broncos, who played like crap this week again, the Broncos, that is. And um, and I'm not even going to try to touch too much in that game, but Trey Lance, you know, again, had his limitations last week against the Bears, and I, I don't want to go ahead and bash him, like I said during my recap last week, because it was a lot of that has to do with the weather. But, man, this offense looks so much smoother, smoother with Jimmy G. The passing, even though he didn't blow it you out the water, 154 yards, 13 for 31, you know, and, and it's just even handing the ball off to the running back. It was just, it just, everything flows better through Jimmy. Does Jimmy has, Jimmy knows this offense. He doesn't have the tools that Trey Lance has, but he does have a better IQ. He's more accurate. He knows his offense, man. Here, Jimmy, one way or the other, was going to find his way into the starting li lineup, right? Whether it was through Trey Lance sucking so much after four games that Jimmy was going to jump in or injury. It happened a lot quicker. And guess what? Jimmy's here to stay. And Jimmy is prone to get hurt. So, for the 49ers' sake, I'm hoping to have a third string waiting in line there because, you know, Jimmy doesn't play a full season usually. But again, the offense looks so much smoother under Jimmy. They get the win, 27-7. Uh, Jimmy even had a, a rushing uh, quarterback sneak in there. And I think even the players were responding really well to Jimmy Garoppolo. And we're going to we're gonna see some good things, man. I mean, this is going to be a tight division. We know what Jimmy Garoppolo can do with his team and the same team from last year that he took him with within one play of the Super Bowl. So it is what it is. Uh, as for the uh, Seahawks, hey man, same old Gino. It is what it is. All right, moving on to the Rams and the Falcons. Another close game, man. I mean, there was a lot of comebacks today. This game was dominated by the Rams in the first half. I mean, it was like 21 to 3. At one point, it was 31 to 11. But then Atlanta, you know, made a comeback in the fourth quarter. And look, the main storyline of this game is uh, Stafford's back, three touchdowns, even though he threw two costly picks. That's what, those are the mistakes that allowed Atlanta to get back in the game So during this during this game. And, you know, they had a balanced attack on the ground between uh, Henderson and Akers. Akers had a better showing this time around than that goose egg from last week. You know, Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup, man. He's having another MVP season, over 100 yards receiving, two touchdowns. And again, man, Allen Robinson came up after another putting a goose egg, four receptions this time around, 53 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, that's what they did. They they, they were controlling the game. Now, the storyline here for me, what made more bang here was the arrival of the, the stud. Drake London is a stud, guys. There's a reason why he was drafted in the first round. Drake London had a touchdown in 86 yards. This kid is, is legit. He's legit. And he is also like, he's athletic, man. And with Mariota back there at the helm, I mean, he caught, you should have seen some of the impressive catches this guy made today. And also, uh, the one a hurdle play. I mean, the dude is an athlete. Uh, this kid right here, with a good quarterback, and I'm sorry, Mariota, you're not that quarterback because you threw for 196 yards. Gosh, there's going to be, he's going to be a problem. I like this kid. Uh, he is has a bright future. And I think we're going to see some exciting things from uh, Drake London during this uh, this young season and for the rest of the season if he doesn't get injured. But shout out to the uh, Rams. They get back on the winning column. Cooper freaking Rush did something that Dak hasn't been able to do this year yet. And that's deliver a freaking win for the Dallas Cowgirls. 
Yo, they pulled it off. They pulled it off. They were leading most of the game, even though it was a Tyler at the end. But he pulled he put him, he, he pulled the win off. The Cooper Rush brought back the Dallas Cowboys, man, and they beat the Bengals, who are now 0-2, man. Let me tell you something. The Bengals have looked horrible. Joe Burrow had another, you know, abysmal performance. Cooper Rush gave them what they need, what the, what the Dallas what Dallas needed, which is keep them in the game. That defense, man, for Dallas is another is the reason why they stayed in the game. But look, he actually gave, you know, CDM has seven receptions, which last week only had like two or three. All right. Noah Brown came out of nowhere with 91 yards and a touchdown. And of course, the, the ground attack was was positive. We knew that we we're going to try to run the hell out of the ball because Cooper Rush was in the helm. And Zeke, Zeke had 15 carries, which was positive. Three, three and a half, uh, 3.5 average yards per carry, 53 yards. Pollard had eight, nine carries and 43 yards and a touchdown. And then Pollard, again, as we knew who was going to get involved in the passing game this year, had four receptions, 55 yards. Expect more of this while Dak Prescott is out because, you know, Cooper Rush really cannot go down the field as good. But, I mean, for Dallas, there's a lot of positives with a backup quarterback. Again, he delivered something that Dak hasn't been able to do this year yet, and that's a win. It is what it is. Joe Burrow, on the other hand, they got problems. I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's swag or not, but I mean, he didn't turn the ball over this time. He did have a fumble, no picks, but he didn't play great. Mixon had a bad game. Jamar Chase only had five receptions. Again, give credit to that secondary for the, give credit to that front line of the, I mean, Micah Parsons and, and Trey Diggs. They were all over the field. Um, they were pressuring Burroughs. I mean, that offensive line for the Bengals are giving, are, are giving the Bengals issues, man. And it's not giving Burrow enough time to, uh, to execute. I think that's one of the main problems. But listen, I mean, the honeymoon is over. Unless they're turning around real quick, man, this is going to get ugly really, really fast because the AFC is loaded. And starting 0-2, they're already behind the eight ball. Can't believe I'm going to use this button right now, but Cooper Rush had a awesome performance today to lead the Dallas Cowgirls to a win. They're not 1-1 one one in the crapshoot NFC East division. Listen, I'm not saying this because I have this guy, this quarterback in one of my fantasy leagues, which actually lost me a game today because of his sad uh, output for the second consecutive game. But Russell Wilson has not looked great. Russell gets traded to the Broncos, gets paid, and has looked completely, completely mediocre. All right, he's looking as good as Drew Locke did playing for them. That's the kind of performance. Today, he had a pick, a TD, and uh, was 14 for 31. Come on, man. This is not Russ numbers. They won 16-9, but it was an ugly, ugly game. There was nothing going on. I mean, Jared Judy went out hurt. Uh, I thought, Cor you know, Cortland Sutton was going to benefit more than anybody here, even though he had, a, he had a nice game. Seven receptions, 122 yards. But he has other weapons here. And, and look, Rush cannot even move the damn ball. He's having a hard time moving the ball. This is what Russell Wilson is known for. All right, moving the ball. He could run it. He could throw it. I mean, he's, he doesn't make mistakes. Let Russ cook. Guess what? They're trying to let Russ cook, but he's burning everything up, man, in, in, a, in a negative manner. 16-9, to nine, not spending a lot of time on this game because it was another, another low-scoring game. There wasn't a lot of excitement. Uh, look, it's the Houston Texans. They've been competitive in two games in a row, but we know that they are a doormat for anybody they play. They've made it difficult for the Denver Broncos where they shouldn't. Again, I put all the owners on the superstar of the team, which is Russell Wilson. This, he needs to turn it around because he has not impressed anybody in the NFL, including those fans who were booing the offense back after the second half. Every time the offense could not convert a third down or make a play, 
that's what happens. They, they were, they, they were many, many, they were lacking of many playmaking abilities. Where their quarterback is known to be a playmaker who just got paid a ton of money to renew the contract and who the Broncos gave up a lot. So I don't know if it's pressure and Russell is unable to handle it. But at the end of the day, you put the onus with the superstar. And right now, all the onus after two games, even though they're one and one the Denver Broncos are, goes up to Russell Westbrook. It is what it is. And capping off the Sunday main slate, the one and the four o'clock games, before I move on to the Sunday night game, uh, man, Kyler Murray had himself a game. It, in, it started out really, really ugly. They, I mean, they were getting manhandled 20 to zero at the half, all right, by the Raiders. And Derek Carr looked good, all right, when he started this game. I don't know what the hell happened in the second half because in the second half, it was everything was turned around by Arizona. I mean, Kyler Murray delivered. He had, what, two two-point conversions in that fourth quarter in order to, and of course, alongside with the touchdowns, to bring the uh, bring the Arizona uh, Cardinals back to victory in overtime against the Raiders. And he moved the ball around. I mean, Darrell Williams had himself a, a touchdown on the ground. He uh, he threw one to uh, Dork. That's it. But Kyler himself, even though he threw that pick, I mean, he just battled. He, he, he made plays, even though they were not, his stat line doesn't reflect how impressive he was, but he made plays with his legs to keep the play alive. He even had himself a touchdown rush in there, a touchdown, but had two-point conversions too when they matter there in the fourth quarter to, you know, bring this game to overtime. I mean, he, he, he single-handedly carried, all right, the Arizona Cardinals on his back to a win. This was kind of like a basketball game, man, because the man, the fourth quarter hit and Kyler Murray was hitting threes like Steph Curry. All right. Coming back and taking the team, taking the game over and then eventually hitting the game winner in overtime. It is what it is, man. Kyler Murray himself had a, a unbelievable performance today and is uh, you, is worthy of, of applause. The Cardinals are now one and one after getting slapped around by the by the. The, um, oh my gosh, by last week by Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs. Uh, nice comeback win. Uh, the Raiders are 0-2. And look, today was a different story. I don't know what happened here, but they did not feed the rock to Devontae. He only had, he had a touchdown, but he only had two, two receptions. Seven targets, but two receptions. So I don't know if it was a, the Arizona Cardinal defense here, but it wasn't great. I mean, they, they, they targeted Hunter Renfro 10 times. And hi, Hollins, Mark Hollins, eight times. I don't know what happened. You, you got to give the ball to freaking Devontae. I know you got to spread it around. But Devontae should not have the fourth least amount of targets. All right. And especially less than Mac Hollins. All right. He had less targets than Mac Hollins and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. It should be in that order. It should be most targets for Devontae. Then you got Waller and Renfro. That's the way it should read, not the other way around. But shout out to the Cardinals, man. Kyler Murray put a performance out of his ass, which was worth noting. The man carried the Arizona Cardinals on his back. That dude right now, shoulders are really, really hurting and they're heavy. He needs to ice the hell out of But again, great performance. The man got busy. So let's close out the Sunday madness of week two with the nightcap. Okay. Aaron Rodgers goes back home to Chicago. Because yes, Chicago is his home. Because regardless of that shellacking, how bad he looked, and regardless of the lack of support, regardless of 
prominent wide receivers or Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers is still the Bears' daddy. He still owns them after this win tonight. Yo, Bears fan, I got a question for you. Is Roger your daddy? Talk about a tell of two weeks and what a difference playing the Bears make for Aaron Rodgers. Last week, Aaron Rodgers' rookies were dropping passes, couldn't move the ball. He looked frustrated. He looked defeated. He looked deflated, put it that way. But they come back on Sunday and completely dominate their son, the the Chicago Bears, 27-10. And I'm telling you, man, you go from, he went from having a Aaron Rodgers day as opposed to the weekend before, 19 for 25, 234 yards, no picks, two touchdowns. I think he hit like eight different receivers, threw a touchdown to Alan Lazar, one to Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones had a monster game on the ground. Typically, that's how they go. Him and Dylan average about 200 yards uh, for the whole team. They, they just had a game going on. Aaron Jones, 15 carries, 132 yards, one touchdown, caught another touchdown. Uh, 38 yards on the ground. It's one of those 38 yards in the air. I'm sorry. It's one of those things that Aaron Rodgers hit eight different receivers. He hit eight different receivers. Had you know, but he knows he has to use what he has. He doesn't have that one dominant guy, the volume guy like Devontae Adams. And Alan Lazard is your best receiver in this team, and he's finally playing after being hurt. But he he used what he had. You know, Sammy had 30, 93 yards, three receptions, three for Aaron Jones. Randall Cobb got a bid. I mean, Romeo Dobbs. Um, Robert Tunyon had two receptions, three for Christian Watson, who's probably still in the doghouse. He just spread the ball around. And at the end of the day, there's no better medicine than the whipping boy for the Green Bay Packers in Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' career, which has been the Chicago Bears. That's how you get back. Chicago, there wasn't much. Uh, Fields look, again, below mediocre. He wasn't playing Trey Lance and in the monsoon, so 70 yards, only had 11 pass attempts. It was pretty bad. Our interception, David Montgomery was the only bright spot for the Bears. Uh, 15 carries, 122 yards. That's it. That's what you had for the Bears. The biggest storyline here, again, is Aaron Rodgers. He is the one, the one, the man that owns the Bear, regardless of what personnel he has. Talk about a comeback. Talk about shooting down the Bears deflating the hell out of them after having a win for their first game of the year and talk about building confidence for that Green Bay Packers team. I mean, I think he put a little bit of confidence in those young wide receivers by giving them a nice little easy win, 27 to 10. There's nothing better than going back after week two and having an MVP type performance that we've accustomed to see from Aaron Rodgers. And the best medicine for Aaron Rodgers is the Chicago Bears. Take two Bears pills and call me in the morning. It is what it is. All right, guys. I gave you the full breakdown of my top takeaways for week two in the NFL. It was mainly from Thursday to the Sunday night game. Uh, on Monday, I'm going to release this uh, Monday night. Uh, recording this on Sunday. And I'm hopefully giving you a couple of different reactions on the two Monday night games, if, if they're worthwhile, uh, which I will be watching. But hey, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. I appreciate the listens, man. Hey. Check me out in the trenches, okay? The reality competition, football competition, your boys in. You guys are not going to believe this. How crazy these twist challenges are from a week to week. Link will be in the bio to the last episode. Check these guys out. Vote for your boy because, yo, if you vote as an audience, subscribe to the channel. You could also get some prices. So, anyway, 
crazy, crazy competition, the greatest and most insane reality football competition ever created. Thank you for listening, y'all. Your boy E-Man signing out. Peace.